Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sykema. That, once again, is Brad Spielberg. You're here for part two of our series where we're looking at free agency and the NFL draft. We're seeing how they are marrying together for these teams. We went through the NFC first. Now we are doing the AFC. So if you missed last episode or if your team just is in the AFC and you didn't care about the NFC... What we are doing is I have Brad on because he is a free agent expert. We're going to go through every single team for every single division and determine whether they're going to be more interested in filling their needs through free agency or the draft. Probably a little bit of both, but where do the priorities lie? Maybe hitting one position in free agency. It's a little bit stronger there. Waiting for the draft for another because it's a little bit stronger there. So we're, filled, we're, we're building off-season strategies here. Brad, how you doing, my friend? Doing fantastic. And the AFC, I think, is a little bit more interesting. Um, some some uh, more top-heavy rosters, some big decisions to be made. So uh, everyone chasing Pat Mahomes, and best of luck in that continued endeavor. Yeah, as uh, as everyone knows, I, of course, planned that out, well-planned that here on this podcast. We often do a great job of planning things before the show. Uh, obviously, that's a little bit of an inside joke because, Brad, if you listen all the way to the end of our podcast, Connor and I get there and we go, now, what do you want to do next episode? And we basically just plan out the podcast on the podcast. So the fact that you said that we actually saved the better half of the NFL for part two, I'll take credit for it. Of course. I knew so that all on the curtain. You guys no. give a little, little, you know, let the fans in on the process, the, the NFL SE infamous process. We let them know how the sausage is made. And it is simply the SpongeBob meme of just fire everywhere, papers in the air, screaming chaos. And that's what it is. But hopefully it comes out pretty good when the episodes actually start. So let's get into it. We'll start the same way we did for the NFC. We will go direction based. We'll go east, north, south, and west when it comes to the divisions. So we start with the AFC East, and let's start with the New York Jets. When you look at the New York Jets, this is a team that uh, their goals changed very, very quickly. Uh, about, what was it, three plays, four <laughs> plays into last season when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. But Rodgers, we assume, is going to be back and fully healthy to start this season. What are the Jets going to do here? Because it felt like they really had the defense to compete last year. A couple oh. pieces might be on their way out. Uh, what, what are we doing here in free agency for the Jets? Yeah, the defense was no question a championship caliber unit. I, I mean, the issue was their assistant general manager, Aaron Rodgers, really struggled last offseason too. 
Uh, you know, you had uh, Al Lazard, CJ uh, Uzama. Well, not Uzama last off, too. But anyway, you had a lot of signings that did not work out particularly well. Um, and they happened to be very close friends of Aaron Rodgers. So I think they are going to try to continue to add on offense. You, you know, offensive line, Dwayne Brown is no longer a solution. Uh, you got a bunch of guys coming off injury. Center, I think they will spend money at center. And then the big one for me is... They may not spend a ton because they're going to probably prioritize backup quarterback because last year was just embarrassing. I mean, the owner came out and said we didn't have a backup quarterback, which is a nice thing to say about Zach Wilson before you trade him for a you know a twenty twenty five sixth. But yeah, number so, two overall pick Zach Wilson, by the way, just yeah. in case anybody forgot there, who was the future was actually going to take back the reins in twenty twenty five and do like a weird Jordan Love like like inverse type of oh, situation. Of yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. That, yeah, that was bound to happen. It still yeah. will, actually. It still could happen. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so not a ton because I think they just worry about, you know, oh, they're probably going to lose Bryce Huff to free agency. Will McDonald's going to have to step up and play a bigger role. Um, yeah, I think backup quarterback, interior offensive line, and then tertiary receivers, right? You Right now you have Garrett Wilson and absolutely nothing else. Uh, I put in the article uh, earlier this week that – Devontae Adams, obviously, everyone's going to make the connection. I don't think he leaves the Raiders now. It's obviously a trade, not free agency. But every wide receiver on the Jets roster, not named Garrett Wilson, combined for like 600 yards on 40 catches with like th- with three touchdown receptions the yeah. entire year. So they have, they have one guy on offense uh, in the pass catching game. Yeah. I mean, it's why when we do mock drafts for the Jets, it's very often offensive tackle because – to get a serviceable one, the one that the Jets would really need, it cost them a lot of money, and a lot of those guys that they actually would need just don't hit the market. Re- really rarely happens. So we often mock them an, an offensive lineman at number 10, but if we don't, it's a wide receiver for the reasons that you mentioned. So I think it makes a lot of sense to say, okay, let's let's add a couple of veteran offensive line pieces just so we're not caught with our pants down, if you will, when the season begins and if something does not go exactly uh, perfect or to plan but wide receiver as well needs to be something that's on the table. So you at least give yourself that flexibility to pick whatever offensive tackle is available and pick number 10. Cause remember they don't have that second round pick. Yeah. Thankfully they have their first round pick cause they needed it for the Rogers trade. But the other part of that stipulation was they lose their second round pick to the green Bay Packers. So um, that part of that strategy does make sense. What about the Buffalo bills? Let's do the bills next. This is a team that has been in a winning window for a little bit here. They just, have not been able to get over the hump. And I, I feel bad for the Bills because they have a really damn good team in the Patrick Mahomes era. And just they have been so close so many times and the ball just has not bounced their way. Sure, you can point to things that they've needed to do better, but perfection is such a unrealistic bar to hold a team to. And I feel like the Bills have been good enough multiple years, but now they're sitting tail end of that winning window, probably. How do they continue to go all in? What are they going to do this year? Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, Stephon Diggs, I don't think is going anywhere, but has a you know massive cap hit right now, about $28 million. Von Miller is the tough one, has some guarantees already, but was basically you know not really playing this past season. Maybe he gets healthier with another offseason, but I don't think it's super common for, I don't know, 35-year-old edge rushers to you know bounce back up from an ACL in the second year. So they're in a tough spot. They have one of the worst cap situations in the NFL right now. Yes, they can restructure deals. They can move Josh Allen's money around and some other top-end players, maybe extend the Deion Dawkins, but... I don't think they can be that active. I really don't. They made their splashes with us with a Von Miller extending us to Von Diggs. You know, bringing in some pieces last year quietly, like a Deontay Hardy and um, some of the kind of you know ancillary again pieces there. 
they need to hit on a draft class. They need to get healthy. You know, Matt Milano, Trey White, those players step up and be and, and be healthier. Um, I don't think they're going to be very active. I just don't know how they can be. Yeah, I, it's the Von Miller one's tough. Can they? Can they get out of that at all whatsoever? Is there what's the flexibility there with this contract? They can, and, and they and they will, um, you know, find a way. But it's 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 still going to kill you uh, to a degree. I mean, a post June one release, you clear six point seven mil, so you're still carrying that hit the whole off season. Maybe they try to go to him and, and reduce the money in some capacity, but you know it's probably Von Miller's last substantial deal. So why would he not want you know ten point seven million guaranteed right. money on what is likely his last major earning year of his career? And yeah, I was right; he'll be thirty five years old next year. So it's unfortunate because the, the the worst part about it too is like we saw the vision when he fir- the first what eight games when he was in Buffalo, they were. Third for us in pressure rate without bringing extra guys, you know, on a blitz. Like mm-hmm. they had what we what we thought could have been the team to get it done. Then um, he goes down before the playoffs, and, and the rest is history. But yeah, they are in a the wind the windows with Josh Allen is his career, but there are more likely windows, and this one is is closing if not closed. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's a really good way to put it. As long as you have Josh Allen and he's playing at this type of level, you can win. Like you could beat anybody, but it does. For as much as quarterback is the biggest piece of the puzzle, it is a team game, and you clearly need a a good team around you to win. Um, I look at wide receiver for this team. You mentioned Stefan Diggs. He's probably still going to be around, but Gabe Davis, a free agent. There's a lot of things that they probably need to do in free agency, but like you mentioned, they don't really have the funds to do it. That, to me, probably locks in wide receiver for one of their top couple of picks because they got a lot of picks here. They have first, second, third, fourth, I guess two fifths, three six. So it's a lot of picks, but it's a lot of really late picks there in the sixth round. So oh, maybe you're right. This is kind of like a eat your vegetables, go get some young guys. Probably got to fill out the depth of the roster. But I, I do. I look at wide receiver as something that I, I don't imagine they're going to be able to spend a lot of money on in free agency that they have to get better at if they want to extend this winning window at least one more year. So probably wide receiver remains the, uh, the the primary need for this team. Real what about quick, the Patriot? Yeah, go ahead. Go I have ahead. to ask you, he's your, he's your guy. So Gabe Davis pending free agent, Justin Shorter, Gator, fifth-round pick last huh. year. I think he was kind of like an IR stash. Can he fill that big-body deep threat role, or they got to keep looking? I don't think so, no. I mean, Justin Shorter was somebody who I was really excited about when he transferred over to Florida. I think he was a former five-star when he was coming from Penn State, and we were all pretty excited about him. But he just never really developed into a dominant contested catch guy or a really showed the speed level that you wanted to see, and that was competing in the SEC. So it would be a shock for me if he were able to step into a major full-time contributing role for this team. So depth player, sure. Um, but I, I don't think it's somebody that you could lean on. I think you still got to prioritize that in the draft. Let's go to the Patriots. Patriots are next. No Bill Belichick. This is the first draft without Bill Belichick in over 20 years, and much words have been said about Bill Belichick, the general manager, and a lot of them have not been kind, especially over the last half decade. So when you look at where this team is with the Patriots, how much flexibility do they have uh, with Elliot Wolf and now uh, Gerard Mayo kind of making the calls there about how they're going to d- build this team out? Yeah, they're going to be, I think, interesting because I think we see a repeat, and I know this might scare some people in, in New England, of the 2021 offseason where you know you're drafting a rookie quarterback. They took Mac Jones that year, obviously. Uh, your top three this this year, and they're top five in the NFL in cap space. And, and so, you know, look, we can probably mock what they did Frankly, for that offseason to get, you know, Matthew Judon, a very good piece on a great contract, what they got him for. 
was Hunter Henry a game changer? No, but he's been a solid tight end, you know, over the course of that contract. Jalen Mills was a, was a DB that made some plays early on. So anyway, so I think they're going to be super aggressive. I think they're going to spend a lot, and it's going to be the same idea of we're trying to build out a roster so that a rookie quarterback isn't coming in um, and struggling, you know, to, to, to get off the ground. The issue is they just don't have much talent at all at receiver, and they're all, quietly for how bad their offense was. All their best offensive players are pending free agents: Trent Brown, Mike Onwenu, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry. Like of the, the few guys that did actually make plays and make a difference on this offense are all on the way out the door. So I think they're going to be super aggressive. I think you will see them spend. Um, oh, they're bringing any of those guys back though. You said they get a lot of money. They do. It's weird. I don't know why Amanu wouldn't get done already, and they refuse to just leave him at right tackle. They always kind of move him around, left guard, right guard, right tackle. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of teams that view him as a guard only um, and probably as a gap scheme fit guy only as well, but I, he's probably the only one. I, you know, they'll bring back like a Jabril Peppers, I'm sure. I didn't even mention Kyle. Now we're going defense. Jabril Peppers, Kyle Duggar, both free agents as well. They're with Marte Mapu. All three of those guys kind of interchangeable. Um it's just funny where it's like this is one of the worst teams in the NFL and like almost all of the notable good players besides like, you know, I think Christian Barmore is probably the best guy on the team at this point. Um, like those guys are all pending free agent. I mean, well, Christian Gonzalez, who has the oiliest hips in the class, uh, per me, per no, you, per me. No, yeah, no. Fact, fact. No. Um, Devon Witherspoon, don't do this. This, this is, is a rehash of the Las Vegas those, late night for, oily hips debate. I was going to say, for those who are very confused, Brad and I were in a heated debate uh, with CB1, and uh, you said he said that Christian Gonzalez had oilier hips, the oiliest hips that he's ever seen with fluidity. And I said, "Excuse right. me, sir, Devon Witherspoon was sitting right there." So yeah, and the dealer at the blackjack table said, "You guys are bizarre." So uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the uh, blackjack table <laughs> said, "You have 20. and then you said, yeah. "Hit." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said, "Hit me," and then tell this guy about Christian Gonzalez's hips. So yeah, like I, they'll bring some back, but I, I think you will see them. You know, be in a lot of markets. Josh Uchi's also a pending free agent. Like, I'm going to just sit here and just name off their entire roster. Um, you basically are at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think they're going to spend a lot. I, I really, really do. But I, my guess is they go more heavy towards offense this time where they kind of went, I guess, besides the tight ends. They, they went defense. Do you have any targets that you like? on offense for this team? Like, have you gone through exercises where you say, like, okay, they have a lot of money to spend, obviously a lot of holes to fill, some offensive linemen, certainly some skilled position players. You think they're going to handle quarterback in the top three, but are there any players on the offensive side of the ball when you say, all right, they're probably going to lean this direction, they got a lot of money, this is somebody maybe they could keep their eye on. Basically, I'm asking, is, is this a situation where you think they'll have the opportunity to get some more trench players in free agency, or do you think they're going to go to more skilled position players? Because that will probably supplement what they end up doing in rounds two and three. They don't have a ton of flexible picks. It's, it's basically just their regularly scheduled seven picks, but that would help for like the day two projection of what this team might do. No, it's a very good point. I think they will probably try to get more skill position right away, even if they address it again. You know, maybe the early second round pick, you take one of the receivers that falls right in that range. I feel like we always seem to get like a very good playmaker in the 33 to 40 range. But, uh, you know, they, they like guys that can separate, like maybe a Marquise Brown high end, who I still thought um, was a good fluid route runner that could create separation at the intermediate and, and deep levels. 
You want a bigger body that can block, like a Gabe Davis maybe. Like I think they'll make sure they have something there. But I don't know. They had Devontae Parker already, um, who's supposed to be you know the contested catch guy. Didn't really do it last year. Um, and, and then offensive line, we talked about. They could just bring their own guys back. Maybe a Kevin Dotson is intriguing to them. Um, a Curtis Samuel maybe is kind of a gadget-type player. Mm. Um, I, I think those names will be all on their radar. I don't know, maybe Dalton Schultz, if he doesn't stay in Houston, they go back to the tight end well once again and get a high-floor player there or, or a Noah Fant type as a move guy. Like, I think those names are interesting to watch because they just – they can't go into the draft and bring in this quarterback and be like, all right, you got, you know, uh, Devontae Parker and and, and Tyquan Thornton or, or whatever he's left, is left of him. Like, good luck. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Would not be an ideal situation. If Jaden Daniels ends up going to the Patriots, he would go from Malik Neighbors and uh, Brian Thomas Jr. to Devontae Parker and, like you said, whatever is left of Tyquan Thornton. Not ideal. Uh, last team in this division is the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins, it felt like, it feels like, have made big splashes over the last couple of years. You know, you're trading for Tyree Kill, you're trading for Jalen Ramsey, you're bringing in a lot of different guys to up the speed on this team. Um, where are we right now with the Dolphins in terms of what they could do in free agency uh, and then some of the team needs that they might have still going into the draft? Yeah, this is the team that I think people just don't want to talk about how bad their situation is. Um, they, they went, they got aggressive and they tried to win on the, the Tua rookie contract and we're now hearing rumblings of like, oh, they could give him a massive deal. All right, you have Connor Williams, who did get hurt, but was a first-rate center, a great fit, can get to the second level really well. Robert Hunt, I think, is one of the better guards in the NFL, also a pending free agent. Christian Wilkins is one of the best interior defensive linemen. You know, for our numbers, the most defensive stops in the entire NFL, I want to say, over the last two years. Um, and, and also had pass rush, like, career career year in every aspect of pass rushing. Um, so you have all those names. There's more, too, that I'm forgetting. Andrew Van Ginkle is a good rotational piece. And you're already paying top market for... Riley Chubb and Tyree Kill and, and Xavier Howard and, and and you got to extend Javon Holland to I think a really strong deal. Say like they're in a tough spot, man. They're, they're interesting. So yeah, I doubt they do much in free agency. I think it's a battle of just trying to retain their own guys. So what you're saying is they might force themselves to be more in on quarterback over the next two years because if two is not the guy and your and your roster's already strapped, then you're either moving on from Tua or you're literally tearing everything down to the studs because they probably – I mean, what's what's the deal that Tua is going to get at this point? You're talking, you said like, oh, rumored, like massive deal. And I know it's kind of like putting you on the spot so you don't have to give me like an exact number. But to me, that's crazy, right? Like to me, that's I, – I don't I don't know how you could sit here and, and say that Tua, Tua would be worth tanking the rest of your roster. I, I don't think that he's that kind of a quarterback. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why would his agent or him would take less than fifty per year. Um, like that's a floor for me. I, know. I mean, my I, I I don't think Miami can pay that the way that they're currently at. Right? Yeah, I think they can. It's just like okay, so then you know you still have basically two receivers on the team, and by receivers I mean like pass catching options, like. All due respect to Durham Smythe, who I do love, is like a good. Uh, Didn't Tyree Kill like but, talk about potentially retiring yeah. too? Like, do we believe that? 
Oh, Tron Armstead, I, I don't even think you can view him as like a viable, even if he doesn't retire. It's like, all right, this guy's going to play 500. If, we, if he plays 500 snaps, we're happy. Um, and no, I no, no, not, not Tron, Armstead. Not, oh, not Armstead, because I agree with you. Didn't like no. Tyree Kill say, like, oh, I'm going to play like one or two more years and then I'm done? He said when this contract ends, he's done, which has two years left on it. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. And, a little bit of time, but. A little bit of time, but, you know, and it's like, you know, Waddle's a stud, but. Yeah, like Cedric Wilson, I assume they move on or, or redo his deal again or, um, you know, I mentioned yeah, – anyway, but Ar- again, Armstead though. I, I, Armstead might actually retire, um, you know. So, no, they're they're in a very, very tough spot. And maybe they move on from some of these guys. Like Xavier Howard I think is interesting. He missed a bunch of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he traded for Ramsey who also missed a bunch of time. But, yeah, their window was this year and, and, and they, uh, you know, the, the frozen tundra ate them up. It's probably offensive line still in the first round for this team. I would but, go that way. Yeah. But de- I mean, like, depending on who they don't bring back in free agency. Yeah, I, like the Toronto Armstead situation alone probably still makes it offensive line for them because they don't have a lot of picks. They got a first round pick. They got a second round pick. And then they don't pick again until the fifth round. They, they go four picks last year, too. They, they go pick draft, 21. four draft picks. Yeah. They're, the new, they're the new less need. Uh, hey, no. Hey, hey, hey. Well, that, not true. Not true. We went over yeah. the last episode. You yep, said yep. Les always has a lot of picks at the end. You're right. Just the new, the new New Orleans Saints. They're Mickey Lewis in their there way. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Drew Brees yes, is the original team. <laughs> they're Drew Brees it up. No, okay. All right. That that one, that, that one is a better parallel for sure. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Let's do AFC North. Let's talk about the Ravens. Ravens, another team that's clearly in a winning window. Lamar Jackson just won his second MVP. They put a really nice defense together, but they lose Mike McDonald. Like they had some veterans on the defense that really stepped up. The receiver room is probably not what it needs to be. The offensive line might have some question marks moving forward. What's the Ravens situation? How flexible is this team for what they're going to put on the field next year? Uh, and then what do they need to focus on in the draft? Yeah, so they're going to lose so much defensive talent, not just Mike McDonald, but you have Justin Matibike, Patrick Queen, both veteran edge rushers and Clowney and Van Noy. Uh, Geno Stone had like six, seven picks this year. Um, you, you know, you're, you're working through a lot a lot of question marks there. Um, they, they did kind of make a splash last year with like an Odell Beckham deal for a one-year massive $15 million flyer. I don't think they'll be as aggressive. You hit on Zay. I think we saw Odafe Owe once he got healthy, play some good ball. Um, and it'd at least be like a high-end number two edge rusher type player, uh, a guy you can kind of build around. But yeah, I think it's, again, more about retaining your own pieces um, and, and then just trying to hit on the, hit, hit the draft. Because yeah, they're going to lose some talent. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how the defense plays without Mike McDonald just cooking up diabolical stuff. Like, I'm paper, right. I didn't... Yeah, the talent last year wasn't that good on paper, and they were, what, the best defense in the NFL? One of them. Yeah. So who, do, how much of that did they bring back? Do they have the money to bring a lot, any of those guys back? I think like, Matt Ibike is probably the only big one. Like, I think Patrick Queen is as good as gone. Yeah, I think Patrick Queen is as good as gone somewhere else because they can't pay Roquan and him. And he's been good. He's a good pass rusher now, too. They really use that a ton. They've leaned mm-hmm. into that a lot. Um, you know, and he can cover well enough uh, at this stage. So, you know, I think those guys, uh, I think those two are the big decisions. But, like, you know, Clowney's going to go back to looking for kind of better deals. He had a really, really good And he season. should. You know, he's got to yeah. capitalize on it for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, I can see, like, Van Noy come back. Probably, you know, felt like it was a good home form, a good fit. Um, more of a rotational piece anyway. The big thing for me is, all right, if John Simpson is a guard pending free agent, and then you mentioned, like, Ronnie Stanley was rotating series with Patrick McCarry. Like that, we, we, I will I will mock a tackle to the Ravens in every mock draft I do from now until the end of April. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of my most confident. I'll say it right now. It's my most confident position to team match in the first round 
is tackle to the Baltimore Ravens. Damn. Lock it in. There we go. Yeah. That's all we needed. We're yeah. moving on. Cincinnati Bengals. That's all we that's all we're looking for for the teams. Is you to emphatically give us a lock. And when we got one, that's it. No more words need to be said. Cincinnati Bengals. Burrow's obviously hurt this year, so didn't go the way that it uh, that it could have. Um they lose Brian Callahan, their offensive coordinator. They keep Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator. Uh a couple of def- couple of free agents, big time free agents. You know, T. Higgins is up, uh DJ Reader is up, right? Some guys like that, Jonah Williams. Some flexibility on this team and some key positions. What's the Bengals' outlook? I, I feel like traditionally the Bengals are seen as a team that does not spend a lot in free agency. Like they're not a very uh, go out and burn all their money type of a team. But in the Burrow window, I feel like they've done that more than they have in the past. So it feels like they're more susceptible to it or at least open to it. So what, what do you think about this team with, where they're currently at? Yeah, they, they did such a good job in those early Burrow years, bringing in a Trey Hendrickson, a Mike Hilton, Shadobi Wuzier, like, you know, Von Bell, all those pieces that were so, so good. I think you'll see uh, whether they keep or not with DJ Reader, I think is a big inflection point. They need interior defensive line. If they don't, I feel like they'll definitely be interesting at 18. They maybe go that direction. I had them circled too. Like, I feel like they're going to want to bring in a tight end. Maybe it's not Dalton Schultz level, but if you can get a discount on like your, your Gerald Everett type players of the world, like your, your kind of lower mid tier tight end market, they just, they just haven't had anything there. Like, Tanner Hudson was, was decent last year as like a, you know, check down outlet, make the first guy miss, and then Buccaneer rumble. Great. Yeah, rumble, stumble. Oh, is he, wait, where, where do you play? Uh, Buccaneer, great. Buccaneers legend. Oh, yeah, Tanner Hudson. Good shout. Good shout. Yeah. So <laughs> preseason um, legend, dude. <laughs> legend in Tampa. Yeah. Cam Brate passed on just just some some high level traits. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I used to love Cam Brate. What a guy. Uh, Harvard grad. So, uh, dude, dude, still do. Still do. He's Bucks legend, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Only play only pl- only played in one jersey for his yeah, entire chase was supreme. Um but anyway, no, wait, so- that's not true. I think he was with the Saints. I think it's not true. Take that back. Yeah, okay. He definitely put some Ryan else. Ryan put air horns over that. Yeah, just just block that out. <laughs> so I think it's gonna be like you tag T. Higgins, which takes up twenty one mil right away. And then uh, DJ Reader could get like a Dalvin Tomlinson type deal. Uh, even with the injury, we'll see how healthy he is. Maybe they wait and they don't have to do that. Um, but that market is so, so strong for those guys. They're all getting paid these days. So the interesting one to me, I think Jonah Williams probably tries to go elsewhere and just says, look, someone will make me a left tackle. I know I'm a right tackle if I come back to Cincinnati. Mm. Do they go after like a Trent Brown, Jermaine Illuminor? Do they look tackle in the first round as well? Um, so anyway, I think they will pick their spots. They'll make a couple small signings, not quite at the same level as years past, but because obviously Burrow is now the highest paid player in NFL history. But you are right. It's a good shout. They're not operating like the Bengals you know, of, of your, your mom and pop's generation. They're, they're willing to make some moves because they know they're in a window right now. Yeah, no, I, I I like the tight end shout out because when I'm doing mock drafts for the Bengals, it's a lot of the needs that we mentioned here. It's potentially offensive tackle if Jonah Williams leaves. It's potentially interior defensive tackle if if um, DJ Reader leaves, and then tight end seems to be an option. Like if Brock Bowers makes it 18 in in mock drafts, it feels like he's always a lock to just go to Cincinnati. But I think their money might be better spent, like you said, going to get a new tight end in free agency, not thinking that they have to address that position in the first round or go all in on it and really more focus on the trenches. Whether you bring back one of those guys or not, um, it feels like I, I, I tend to like offensive tackle more for the Bengals at 18 than I do any other position, and I feel like that would be a good way to set it up. I mean, I'm looking at this right now. Am I correct here? Do they have zero tight ends? 
on the roster right probably now not, for next year. Irv Smith was a pending free agent. Hudson probably was too. Yeah, they probably have zero. Yeah, Drew, they just, Drew Sample and then yep, yep, Mitchell yep. Wilcox are the four. Yeah, that I see. No, that's exactly that's probably correct. So that that is and like I get they're going to lead the NFL on eleven personnel most snaps. But look, Tyler Boyd's also a pending free agent. I think you saw his decline a little bit, and they drafted ahead of that. You bring in Charlie Jones, you bring in Andre Yashivish, um, who both both kind of flashed when healthy uh, mm-hmm. as rookies. So uh, Yashivish, especially as a late round like you know Ivy League guy, um, Jake Browning and Joe Burrow kind of liked him in the low red zone and and, and in certain areas near the sideline. So. Yeah, I think you like, tackle is a fascinating one um, in the first round for sure. And the beauty of the Bengals too, over the last twenty years, they've probably traded like three times in the draft. Like it, their picks, their original slot picks, they're gonna use that pick. And so you just like have a good idea of like, all right, whoever's there, who's at the top of their board at whatever position, like that's gonna be the guy. Yep. Yep. I think that that's that's at least as much as I can remember. It feels like it's true with the Bengals. All right, the let's go Cleveland Browns next. Let's go with the Cleveland Browns whirlwind of a team over the last couple of years, certainly since the Deshaun Watson trade and contract Uh, team made the playoffs last year, but just has not lived up to that investment with Deshaun Watson. It's one of the best rosters in the NFL to me on paper. Does it stay that way next season? What does their free agent outlook look like? Obviously you're getting Nick Chubb back from that injury, but what are we talking about here when it comes to free agency for the Browns who don't have a first round pick? Remember, because of the Deshaun Watson trade. So what they do in free agency does matter because they're going to be waiting so long to finally come on the clock when it comes to the draft. Yeah, Andrew Barry is aggressive and, and wants to improve this roster. They were a team that didn't make a move at the deadline, but they were they were calling a bunch of teams uh, for potential trades. Like they, they want to go, you know, push their chips in right now. Um, and I think there's also, it's not just like they're afraid. Like Stefanski and Barry, I think, are safe. I think there's been rumors they're going to sign an extension, um, and I think it's it's warranted. Well, Stefanski just won Coach of the Year, so hopefully he's safe. True, it's for the second time. Which let's not get into let's not get into that. Yeah, I love the guy. D'Amico uh, should have anyway. won. D'Amico should have won it. Yeah, agreed. D'Amico 100 percent should have won it. Yeah, we're on the same page. Um, look, like getting Joe Flacco to the playoffs, like respect, but um, uh, true, true, true. Yeah. Not saying, not saying, you know, he's slapdick or something, but D'Amico should have won it. For, right. Well, comeback player of the year, he came back from being a New York Jet, which is. You know, I guess like, yeah, a, which, which is some, which is somehow better than coming back from the dead from dying. I mean, what's harder to do? Don't like, <laughs> yeah, anyway. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's a fair question. All right, uh, is it not? No. Okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, so I'm I think gonna, Browns, I'm going to ask this to Connor the next episode he's on the pod. Hey, hey, when he's like, oh yeah, Bradfield and blah blah, blah I'll be like, oh, Brad actually posed a good question. Is it harder to come back from the dead? How many people in human history have come from being on the Jets to then being good elsewhere versus came back from the dead? You got Lazarus. You got Jesus. You got Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Developmental prospect. Yeah. You got, <laughs> no, wait. No, Davos said Jesus would have been a five-star. I thought Harbaugh said that. Harbaugh said that. Yeah, oh, yeah, Harbaugh yeah. said that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That could have very well been a Dabo quote. You got oh, to sure, give it. For him. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then DeMar Hamlin. So we got yeah, three that right. we know of. You got Flacco. <laughs> all right anyway so um bye you just fans are pissed down you didn't see that coming you didn't see that coming it's at all right. um yeah he'll love that one i hope he listens um so yeah the brown i think trenches for the browns you had this massive tackle issue all year dewan jones proved to be like one of the better draft picks of the year on a value standpoint not only because it was just good to get that talented of a player in the fourth round but immediately jack conklin goes down 
Jedrick Wills is fascinating. Going to a fifth-year option can never really stay healthy. He's been fine. I think he gets kind of a bad rap in Cleveland, but certainly hasn't been like you know extension candidate like like a, like a win there. So I think O line is interesting, and then D line too. Zadarius Smith, I think they'll bring back was way better than his sack production. Do not fall for the idea that Zadarius was bad last year. He was awesome. Um, I, I watched his tape for, for free agency and was like, this guy still has juice, uh, can play on the inside too. But I think they're going to keep going there. Like, Just keep adding on the trenches. Um, and then I know they traded for Elijah Moore. You draft Cedric Tillman, so you use your second and third round pick last year. And David Njoku had a great season. Amari is Amari. I just feel like they need... I don't even know what type of skill set it would be, but like I just think they need one more piece in, in that in that receiving core too. Field stretcher, baby, field stretcher. When we get to the middle of the second round, like Roman Wilson, Xavier Worthy, like these dudes. I, I mean, Jamari Thrash, I think would also be good on this team. Dudes who can stretch the field that is missing from their receiver room. I think so. That's a good shout. I think it's a great shout. Worthy would be fascinating to me too because the space you would have with all the other weapons and and a good run game like Worthy on like ends or end arounds and quick out screens and tunnel screens would be would be awesome. Last team in this division, it's Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, above five hundred because I, I don't know. Tomlin's got to deal with the devil or something. It's just unbelievable at this point. Every year seems to be a greater challenge. Like he just wants to one up himself. Like he's in a David Goggins competition to keep a winning record with a worse team every single year. What are we doing here? We're the Steelers because you, know, you draft Kenny Pickett in the first round last year. It feels like you know they're kind of they've got veterans on the team. Obviously, guys who are still around and, and playing at a high level. But with the quarterback position seeming to crumble. What's the outlook for this team? Are they big spenders? Are they going to keep their money? Are they going to focus more on the draft? What do you think? Yeah, they don't really spend a ton in free agency. Um, they already got ahead of some business. They moved on from Mitchell Trubisky, moved on from Chuck Sikor for, which was a bizarre scenario for them. So like, I think offensive line would make sense if they can attack it. Dan Moore Jr. I think allowed the highest percent of a team's pressures in the NFL for us this past year. Um, and he wasn't any better the year before that. So, like, do you keep Roderick at right tackle and try to find a left tackle that could fill in? Because last year their splashes were like Isaac Sumalu, who I thought had a good year. Um, you know, and it was a good fit for, I guess, what they were doing. The Arthur Smith thing is fascinating, right? Like, do you bring in a Ryan Tannehill? Do you trade for a Justin Fields, which is what everyone is kind of talking about now? Um, and I've said on other shows, like, I, I've heard similarly that they, they are going to be interested to a degree. So, um, in fields, you're saying, or just in, in quarterback? In field. Yeah, okay. For me, though, in free agency, I would keep an eye on them at corner and safety. You know, yeah, Patrick Peterson just was not really a playable guy last year. He even came out and said, like, um, I signed a two-year contract. They can let me know if I'm going to stay. I wouldn't pay him what he's owed. Um, and outside of Joey Porter Jr. and, and Minka Fitzpatrick, I think they need to replace every other DB, DB position. So I know there might be a fun mock at 20 for, like, a Terry and Arnold or a Quinian Mitchell or whatever. Um, but – I also think if, if they're in free agency, like a Legereus Sneed, if he hits the market, which I don't think he will, but a guy that can play inside out can like come on some of those. Oh, be huge for him. Yeah, the blitzes, they they, they love blitzing nickels and, and stuff like that too. So um, and just sending pressure up at the line. So stay, secondary in free agency, if I if I had to pick a spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are similar to the draft needs. We, we often go somewhere in the secondary or offensive line like it just it just continues to rotate which one are you taking early which one are you taking you know more on day two so um that just seems to be the rotation for the Steelers for sure all right before we get to uh our, our next division gotta shout out our friends over at fabric if you got a family 
you got you got to get them term life insurance. It's it's the easiest thing that you could do to protect them, um, make you feel good about uh, all the financial decisions that you're making. Starting new year, it's perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has for you. It was designed by parents for parents to help you get high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policies in less than 10 minutes, super quickly, super simple, all right in front of you. Fabric has flexible policies that will fit your family's budget with quality policies like million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. You can get your personalized quote in just minutes and apply whenever it is convenient for you all online and to your schedule. You can go start to cover in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Applying today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash stock exchange. That is meetfabric, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash stock exchange. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, given the directional nature of this show and the structure of it, we go to the AFC South next. I'm going to start with the team that I think has the most on the line this year, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. You draft Trevor Lawrence, you win the lottery drafting Trevor Lawrence in 2021, and they have done some good things, certainly starting that era with Urban Meyer, was not a good thing, but I feel like since the Doug Peterson move, okay, you're going in the right direction a little bit. Last year, eh, a lot of ups and downs, a lot more ups and downs than you want from this team, and it fills their future with uncertainty moving forward. Where do we go from here if we're the Jags? What does their free agency outlook look like? And then what are we thinking that's going to bring their team needs to when it, when it comes to draft weekend? Yeah, their feet should be to the fire. I, I frankly don't really know how Trent Baalke kept his job uh, this offseason, but, you know, for, for myriad reasons. But the big one for me is you have Josh Allen, who you've now come out and said you're going to tag, who you probably should have extended last offseason for way less money than he's going to get. Uh, he was 17 and a half sacks this past year, and he was a Oh, class. yeah, he is. Yeah. They're, they, have no, they have no choice now. If, I mean, you, you, you have to 100% tag this player. You cannot, you cannot do a deal with him because yeah. he has more leverage than every, every player who's not named Patrick Mahomes, it feels like, for, for the year that he's coming off of. So. Yeah, and he's a classic PFF guy where it was like, I, I know his sack numbers weren't super high, but he had like 70 pressures and like a top 15 pass rush win rate last year. Uh, and I was like, hey, Nick Bosa is about to get $34 million a year, maybe sign Josh Allen. But anyway, so – the interesting thing with them, too, is Calvin Ridley, as a part of his trade, there is a condition tied to it where if he signs an extension with the Jacksonville Jaguars this offseason, they're sending Atlanta a second-round pick instead of a third-round pick. If it's a tag, it would stay only a third, but that's not really at their disposal anymore. So they back themselves into this corner, and it not only impacts the Josh Allen deal, but also, like, I think they'll find a way to keep Calvin. You know, they, they, they traded for him when he was going through some stuff and and stuck by him, and, and I think he was good the second half of the year, but it doesn't make it any easier. So they're, how they're, do, hold on, hold on, ahead, hold on. Ahead, how do we how do we collude this right? Talk how do we how do we how do we get out of giving the Falcons a second round pick, but also Calvin Ridley comes back? Do do we have to like how far out of free agency do we have to get here? Or they're just probably, can, yeah, can he not can he not sign with the Jags at all? How are we going to lawyer the shit out of this deal? So I'd have to look at this specific language, but I do think like I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess if you did it after the 2024 draft, right? Like if you I'm if saying. You sign, that's right. what I'm saying. But Calvin is not going to take the risk on his first veteran contract at 29 years old um, of sitting around and being like, "Okay, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just assume the Jags will earmark a, a big deal for me." 
Yeah, but what if you pinky promise? So the pinky promise technique is is an ancient storied approach <laughs> in, in, a, in NFL free agency. I've talked to many GMs about the pinky promise approach. Um, you know, now look like there are of course some handshake deals that happen. I guess because because a big thing too is the compensatory pick formula. It after the draft, it no longer counts. So you probably do get some some te- I mean, probably you've heard had players before be like if they told me. They're interested in signing me only after the comp pick period um, and basically to like circle back right. uh, a classic, like hashtag circle back after, after the draft and we'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. ball. Um, so, but I don't think you can do that with Calvin Ridley. I don't think he's. No, he's, uh, yeah. yeah. You know. So that's the thing. Like they, they got to focus on that. Um, but they're, the interesting one for me is Cam Robinson. Do they keep him or are they going to say, all right, we have Anton Harrison who had a good rookie year. Walker Little can play tackle. Maybe we'll like him more at left guard, but whatever. Um, yeah. And then are they going to go tackle again in the draft and try to save a bunch of money with Cam Robinson leaving? Um, so that, that part's interesting to me. But, yeah, in free agency, I would say nickel corner. Trey Henderson's a pending free agent. Maybe they go a different direction there. Um, and uh, But, yeah, small stuff. Not, nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah, no. That's – their needs yeah, interior offensive line maybe depending on what they do at tackle i don't know if they have as much play maybe jacks fans can tell me otherwise but i don't know if they have that much flexibility to get rid of cam robinson because and walker little's a guard so yeah i think you you got to have harrison on one side and you got to have cam robinson on the other you think he'd certainly go interior offensive line like even with walker little i don't know how much i don't know if it's like earth shaking com- confidence or um stability that you have there so i think interior offensive line could certainly be a move for him and then wide receiver i think yeah is is kind of a sneaky one i don't, yeah. I don't know what they do in the first round but yeah because Zay jones maybe on the way out i could see them moving on there you save some save some money um wasn't as good as he was his first year of the deal mm-hmm. so that one's interesting and they, it's interesting they have like pieces i like 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 i think a, a healthy tyson campbell is a good corner darius williams had a great bounce back year um andre cisco has been a guy i've always liked and i think he flashed a good bit last year um, just they're just it's weird. They feel like they're further away than we probably should feel about them. Um, you know, and obviously they collapsed. They're eight and three. They were playing good ball, but it just it just fell apart at the seams. Yeah. All right. Uh, next team. Let's move on. Let's talk about a uh, team on the up. It's the Houston Texans. What do the Houston Texans do now that they have not just taken a step forward, but a leap forward with D'Amico Ryan's, uh, with C.J. Stroud, with Will Anderson playing well? Right. Like, what does this team look like moving forward? I think you're going to see an emphasis on defensive line. And not just because it's D'Amico Ryans, but you have Jonathan Greenard, who's coming off a career year. Do you try to keep him or do you – I keep an eye on them as like a team that would get into the like Brian Burns sweepstakes if he's a potential tag-and-trade candidate um, or go after, you know, a Daniil Hunter-type guy as like a a number two edge on that team opposite of a Will Anderson. Like, And and then Sheldon Rankins, also a pending pre had a good year. Probably will get a decent chunk from somebody because everybody at that position seems to get paid, get paid a little bit if they play good ball. Um, they played much better at the end of the season. They picked up Tyre Tart, which I loved off of waivers, um, but who's so talented, um, but just kind of has a good, good head on his shoulders. But I think defensive line is where they attack uh, in free agency. Makes sense, man. It feels like they're a team that uh, they have the ability to put their foot on the gas should do so, you know, and, and with them not picking until what is it? 23 Cleveland's pick, picking, whatever Cleveland's, yeah, pick, Cleveland's is, yeah. pick. I think it's 23. I'll pull it up for us. That's 23. 23. Man, I correct. Like, I mean, yep. I like edge rusher for them. Cause if you're, like you said, if they move on from Grenard, then, uh, 
then I think that that makes sense. Interior defensive line we often go for, but yeah, if I mean, if they have the ability to attack interior defensive line and free agency, they'll probably go the opposite. And if they have the the, the ability to take edge and free agency, they'll probably go the opposite when it comes to like interior versus um, edge defensive line play. So I do kind of like that strategy for them moving forward. Uh, what about the Indianapolis Colts? You're getting Anthony Richardson back. This is a team that was kind of turning the page in a couple of different units, position units on the team. Are they going to be big spenders? You know, the guy, they, they got Michael Pippa Jr. that they got to take care of, but they have any sort of flexibility outside of that? Or is it kind of, this is the Colts roster and, and it's just going to be another draft class that we're going to add to it? No, they definitely can spend, but I think they, well, first, they don't really spend a ton. I, I loved last year what they did with Samson Abacam. That was kind of their one big splash. And, and they quietly had a really good platoon. Like Taekwon Lewis had a good year. He's a guy that's going to pop up on the free agent list. Um, good straight line athlete, like like good burst off the line um, and fit better in kind of like a rotation, like playing 400 or 500 snaps. But um Grover Stewart is going to be an interesting one. He's so important in that run defense. Like, we don't promote on-off splits at PFF. It's not really a good way to analyze football, and it isn't. But their run defense numbers with and without Grover Stewart were, like, comical. It was like – they were the worst run defense in the NFL, like the six weeks he got suspended. Um, <laughs> it was nuts. And, again, it's not just him. but um, And some of the opponents were good running teams. But, like, it was pretty stark. And he is a guy that, you know, c- can take on com- double teams and, and, like, truly change your entire front um, on early downs. So – I think it's more about retaining their players. You mentioned Pittman, who's going to get a good deal. Uh, Grover Stewart. Kenny Moore, interesting. They have nothing at, at, at cornerback, and so maybe he stays as a vet, but he's been trying to get extended for like two off seasons, and they, they haven't been willing to do it. That's where I look for them. I think you look at you know th- these cover three corners that can fit with Gus Bradley. Um, those would be the guys I'd keep an eye on as, as potential targets. Queen Mitchell, you are. Yeah. In Indianapolis, Cole. I mean, I just think that like Tua T, his exact style would be perfect for Indianapolis. So I think he's going to be a, uh, he's, I think he's going to be a big time target for him for the reasons that you mentioned. What about the Titans? Um, a lot more turnover with the Titans, I think, over the last two years than I thought there was going to be. I, look, I, I figured that the winning window was kind of coming to an end, but I didn't think that that meant okay, that also means that Mike Vrabel's time there is going to come to an end. So it's um, it's Brian Callahan there now as the head coach, Rand Carthen, it's his second year as general manager. Uh, anything that we maybe learned from him over the last calendar year or just how this team is going to operate, maybe the moves that they made, some of the decisions with the roster, playing a lot of young guys that make you feel like one way or another they're going to be more in on certain positions or maybe not in on free agency at all. What do you think with the Titans? I think they have to do offensive line to a degree. Like we all, you know, we're going to see uh, Joe Alter, Olu Fashanu get mo- mocked there on every single mock draft the next whatever, however many odd months. And they might still do that. But Aaron Brewer is their pending free agent center, has been a starting left guard for them as well. I look at like Ezra Cleveland and, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they could bring, you know, Brewer back. Um, you know, move, good zone offensive lineman. Robert Hunt, if he gets out of Miami, yeah. uh, I think would be a guy they should just go go gangbusters for. Like those type of players, and then maybe you add tackle. Hope to get more out of Dillard and uh, Nicholas Petit Frere. You know, at, at tackle, Damian Lewis in Seattle. Um, I think is quietly pretty solid in the zone game uh, in his own right. So he's a guy I'm way too high on. I just I, I like this tape a lot. So um, yeah, I, I think offensive line is an obvious answer. DB as well. Uh, you know, you trade Kevin Byard. I, I do love Imani Hooker, but, you know, Sean Murphy Bunting, your old pal in Tampa, was basically the number one corner last year, free agent. Don't, don't shake your head. Uh, Christian <laughs> Fulton, your old pal, your, your favorite player as a buck. It's yeah, only one time. Good, good buddy. Um, yeah. Uh, Christian Fulton pending free agent. I like Roger McCreary, but, but yeah, so I could see 
you know, mid-tier secondary guys and, and then offensive line. Yeah, wide receiver is a position that I also think is really interesting for this team in free agency specifically because they talk about like, oh, okay, like this team really needs contributing wide receivers. Like in theory, they have DeAndre Hopkins, who maybe isn't what he was, but it's still DeAndre Hopkins. He can still produce for you. They have Traylon Burks as well when he is out there and he's healthy. So I, I don't feel there are some people who look at number seven and say, oh, like if if Romo Dunze or Malik Neighbors is there, like you got to you got to really consider it. And maybe they do. Maybe they ultimately do because I think either of those guys probably wide receiver one on the team no matter what. But do they believe we've got some money and some high draft pick, obviously, in, in Burks on this team at wide receiver? Maybe you just go out and you sign a supplemental like wide receiver three to try to round out the room, really allow yourself to go all in on, on offensive tackle. That's sort of something that I look at when I look at the Titans. And those are the two needs that consistently come up for me in the first round when I'm going through mock draft exercises and feel as though they they – have the ability to pick up like a really nice wide receiver three and maybe not break the bank and also not feel like they have to spend number seven. It's funny too, because like Brian Callahan, I think everyone's going to say, oh, Brian Callahan, Bengals offensive coordinator. He probably thinks he should just build the plane out of elite wide receivers. And yeah, he, I mean, that's true too. Like that might go into it. But I was going to say, yes. However, his father is also Bill Callahan, who they just poached from Cleveland to be the offensive line coach. Right. And he's probably a classic like build through the trenches and figure the outside stuff out later. So it's kind of funny. Like I think both influences are there. Um, I can see – Tyler Boyd is a penny. For, I mentioned is a penny free agent. Maybe you say, "Hey, he's going to be the the vet that I bring from my old team that helps establish the tone." Good, good, you know, good slot receiver. Like I said, he lost some explosiveness and some bursts this past year, but you know, sure-handed, reliable over the middle. No, oh, that's a that, that's a good shout out as well. Um, last division, we got one more division before we get to that. If you guys don't have a PFF subscription, you can get one right now for thirty percent off using the promo code thirty MDS. It's obviously mock draft season, so MDS is the promo code that we're using there. Um, you can get the fully unlocked mock draft simulator. You can get everything when it comes to the free agency tools. You get all the premium stats, everything. It's not just draft related stuff that you'd be paying for. You get the entire PFF subscription, whatever subscription that you're buying. You just get 30% off using 30 MDS promo code at PFF.com. So AFC West this is the last team here. Oh, do we do the chiefs first or last? Let's do them first. Let's do the chiefs first. A couple other teams that might need be a little bit more desperate, get a little bit more interesting here. You mentioned Legere Sneed a couple of times. Chris Jones, I think, is ranked number one, right, on your, your free agency power rankings. And so um, he didn't do his agent any favors when he said, oh, yeah, we're back 100%, no doubt about it. Uh, but, okay, what's the Chiefs' situation here? They said that this was one of the – least talented teams that Patrick Mahomes has ever won it with. And there's some big names that are up for free agency. What do you think this team is doing here? Yeah, that was a great tweet from his agent. Uh, you know, that, that's classic. The original, the OG is Mike Evans, like offering to take a pay cut, like coming off of a boat in Tampa with Tom Brady, like stumbling and bumbling in the background with uh, who was the backup QB who was like keeping him upright. Um, uh, it was uh, Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin. Yeah. Who Ryan I Griffin. With the tight end every single time. Uh, anyway, yeah. So both Ryan Griffin, uh, not Brian Griffin from Family Guy, different guy. So Ryan anyway. Griffin is a hero in Tampa. Okay, I Should think be. he, I think it took it took Ryan Griffin five years, six years to take one regular season snap for the team. Like he was just <laughs> all, like always clearly QB three. He was there to cash a check, to put on pads. And like to do literally nothing else, throw a couple passes around, just get paid. I mean, he's a hero. He's truly an inspiration to everybody. Didn't have to take hits, 
but cash an NFL check, won a Super Bowl. That's the dream. It, it really is the dream. So, anyways, uh, Kansas City. Yeah, some Alex Moran. He's Tampa's Alex Moran. Uh, yeah, he really is, actually. <laughs> shout out Blue Mountain State. Yeah, shout out BMS. Uh, so, I knew, I knew you would get that reference. I was, yeah, I've never been yeah. more confident in someone getting a reference <laughs> than, than about BMS. So, uh, anyway. Chiefs, I think you're looking at uh, ancillary receiver. Like, like I think a Darnell Mooney in Kansas City is a guy that everyone's like, oh, remember this guy at 1,000 yards as a second-year player? Um, I love that fit. I know Matt Nagy pounded the table for him in the draft that year, as obviously now in Kansas City as the OC. So, uh, maybe pounded the table. Maybe the whole building liked him. But anyway, that one makes a ton of sense to me. Those type of players, they, they're like good separators, shifty players, guys that can make players miss in space. When healthy, that is Darnell Mooney. Um, so that is interesting to me. And then, you know, I think for them, like, you also look at defensive line. We t- we'll talk about Chris Jones, who I agree probably is back. But, you know, Amena who now tears his ACL. Mike Dana is a pending free agent. Um, they've obviously invested a lot there. I was happy to see another one of hashtag my guys, Felix Anadike Uzama. Uh, a mm. nice tackle for loss in the bowl. Uh, did. People forgot. People forgot about FAU. Um, but anyway, uh like I, I can see more there because they're just so loaded at DB and linebacker right now. But I think they honestly realize, well, let's just have spags and an elite defense. And then we'll spend that O-line. Sure, we'll protect Patrick. But like I mentioned to Mooney, like, I don't, like people, people are going to mock like Mike Evans. and like I don't think they're in that, that, that market. Like they talked to D-Hop and Odell last year. And both guys ended up signing for a ton of money. And I get that Kansas City was offering like one-year $5 million flyers. They just they, they don't think they need to go too aggressive there. So yeah, secondary receiver, and then I think D line is interesting for them. Okay, all right, I like that strategy. I think I, I like that strategy. I think it's good for the Chiefs. What about the Raiders? Um, I just I don't know. A lot of flexibility on this team. We look at corner as as a constant need for this team in the first round. Uh, potentially interior defensive line as well. Quarterback is sort of the ultimate wild card of what are you doing there, but. For the Raiders, it feels like you're probably either rolling with Aiden O'Connell or you're getting super aggressive to draft one. I don't I don't really know if this team's gonna be in like the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes, but maybe I'm wrong. What do you think about the Raiders situation? Well, they just cleared an extra eleven and a quarter million this morning with the Jimmy Garoppolo thing you and I were talking pre-show, which is right, I'm right. making a joke. It's massive. Um they can void those guarantees now and and I think, look, AP comes in as a defensive head coach, and they have some pieces on offense. I think interior defensive line, like they should be – make it hard for Cincinnati to bring back DJ Reader or make it hard for Seattle to bring back Leonard Williams or make it impossible for you know Miami to bring back Christian Wilkins or, or Matty BK to Baltimore. Like be very in on all of those players. And then I wonder if Antonio Pierce is a guy that's like – Get me a really good linebacker. Like, get me Patrick Queen and let me mold this guy. Like, he, he can he can add to our pass rush. Um, like I talked about, and, and he's a good all-around football player now. Like, yeah, you could argue, oh, do you want to spend, like, top-of-market linebacker for the Raiders? Like, maybe not. But if you had Byron Murphy in the draft um, or, you know, go Kirk Cousins or do something else at quarterback, um, that defense was like really good the second half of the year, like really, really good. Um, and, and I think that could be the angle they play is like, we have good weapons. The other angle for me is their center, right guard and right tackle all pending free agents. So yeah. I think they'll be, yeah, they'll be in those markets. Dude. And, dude, and the backups. Grasso's a free agent. Brandon Parker's a free agent. Like wait, Hironis Grasso was on the Raiders this past year. I think so. You know, it's uh, so Sabrina. Ionescu's so- husband. True story. 
Really? Oh yeah. Bears wow. legend. Bears legend. True, true. Yeah. Bears legend. It's true. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. True. Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So he's okay. the uh noted. Well, he's out of there. So yeah. You know, tough. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's a good point. Offensive line, interior offensive line. Cause like I love Colton Miller. I think Dylan Parham has, has made some plays and come on, but or Thayer Munford too. Like they've, they've seen some flashes from those young pieces, but I think they need to keep adding at those spots. All right. What about the Broncos? We'll save the Chargers for last. Yeah. Broncos, I, I feel like are, I feel like no one knows. So if anybody knows, maybe you will know because the giant cloud looming is them basically telling Russell Wilson to take a hike in December. But it's like, what's because okay, that's the ultimate question. That's really what, what I want to ask you here is with Russell Wilson, what is the flexibility? Like you say, like, oh, we're going to bench this guy. We're moving on. I basically thought he is unmove on from a bull in, in his contract. So, like, what are we doing here? Sean Payton's crazy, and we know he's just going to hit the gas at all times. If something needs to be changed, he's going to change it. But this felt like the one thing that Sean Payton couldn't change. So is this more flexible than we think? Is Russell Wilson really out of there? And then if that's the case, what's the aftermath for it? Yeah, he's definitely gone. I don't know about trade. I don't know who would move assets for that contract. Like I think no he's going. Way. To be- no way. Yeah, Who's, no. Who, who is doing? I, look, we have so many te- QB needy teams. I, it, it maybe somebody entertains it, but at this contract, I mean, there's no, no chance. There's no chance. No, you're bringing on a massive thirty-seven million dollar guarantee that kicks in for 2025. If you're bringing in Russell Wilson, like this isn't. Their decision's not even about next year. It's about if he's on the roster on the fifth day of this upcoming season, then he's locked in for the following year too. The interesting thing there, though, is this, is that before the breakdown of that relationship where we had like kind of battles in the media and all that, mm-hmm. I did think there was a pathway forward of them saying, okay, look, work with us on a revised deal. Like someone else might trade for like a two-year $50 million. I know it sounds crazy, but I try to like forget. Russell Wilson wasn't like unplayably bad last year. And – if you're like, okay, you, you, you're you not in the Kirk sweepstakes, all right, two years, 50 for Russ with mm-hmm. you know 30 mil guarantee, whatever. That's still less than a Derek Carr. It'll be less than what Kirk Cousins gets. It'll be yeah, less all than, of a sudden, Yeah, all of a yeah. sudden we're talking. Like it, right, it, right. it's probably in on that, right, at right, that point. Right, right. It's just you have to be willing to work with Denver to like, you know, read, you know, and, and it does help them and he might not want to help them at this point. So like that's the interesting angle to it. But yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I I think he'll get cut regardless. He will not be there. So I think they're a team that not enough people are talking about in the Kirk conversation. Because Sean Payton's just not patient. Like Sean Payton just doesn't want to wait around. He doesn't care. He'll tell the cap guys there who I, I'm a fan of to figure it out and just say, like, make it make it work. Um, I'm still – I'm Jon Snow in, in Game of Thrones with George Payton who I think can draft good players. Um, so, yeah, I, I like I, I think for them – they are like, just like last year with Zach Allen and stuff. Like they're going to make a couple splashes. Um, number two corner is huge for them. Outside of Patrick Sertan, they had they struggled at, at corner last year. Um, and then Lloyd Cushenberry is the big pending free agent question at center. But I don't think they can pay him because you have Quinn Miners is going to get a massive deal at guard this offseason, I assume. Um, you know uh, the beautiful belly. Uh, <laughs> that is Quinn Miners. Like he was incredible. I mean, he's one of our highest credit guards in the NFL this past year. Sure, yeah. Um. So anyway, so they'll they'll pick their spots, but 
Um, yeah, they're, they're like you said, no one knows what they're going to do because Sean Payton just figures has a cup of coffee and, and something comes to him and then he just calls the GM and says, make this happen. And they do. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, that's it's 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 to me the most fascinating part of this offseason. There's a lot of really big storylines. I don't mean to like step on any of the other ones, but like the battle between Sean Payton and being told no <laughs> is going to have the biggest ripple effects because like you said, like what 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 reason does Russell Wilson have to work with Denver? It's a true David and Goliath story. Um, yeah, no, I, there is none. Like there is none. He, he, he probably won't. Right? Yeah, because because the, because he he could basically be like, no, cut me, you know, and then like he gets all that money still, right? I mean, there's no, yeah. especially if he if he would be taking much less anyways, he could just tell him, no, cut me, f you. He certainly could. It's interesting, but the the only reason why I would say that you could do it, or I thought he could have done it, is more of like an optics angle of the of the idea of sure. Yeah. Because if he does get cut, there are offsets. He's owed thirty, like I said, thirty seven, thirty nine million, whatever it is for twenty twenty four. I think it's thirty nine million dollars, and there would be offset language there. So anything he was scheduled to make would be offset by um, you know, the, or, or whatever he made from a new team would offset that number. Mm. And I don't think anyone's going to beat that number, even on multiple years, like not going to top that number necessarily on a free agent deal. If you trade him though, and, and because, for that reason, it's like, does Russ want us to say he's playing on a one year, $10 million deal? Like that just looks so like, oh, this guy's on like a Dalton deal. Like it's, you know, this guy's making, you know, mm. Taylor Heineke cash. Like mm-hmm. I don't think he wants that. Whereas if he, play, if he plays the game and works with them, like I said, then he's like, oh, yeah, he's on two years 50. It's kind of a bridge deal. And like, you know, what? that's the one angle. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think he wants to just stick it to him. No, that's good. That's good context. I wasn't thinking about that. But that is that is good to shout out. Last team. It is the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Joe Ortiz, the new general manager in town there, spent over 20 years with the scouting department with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Jim Harbaugh back in the NFL now is the head coach. The Chargers are very interesting. We went through the Fix Your Franchise episode with the Chargers, and there's a lot up in the air with guys who are either free agents or could be cut. Like, Joey Bosa could get cut and they save a lot of money. And he's been unreliable and hurt a lot over the last couple of years. Um, Mike Williams, same thing, been hurt. You can cut him, save a lot of money. Khalil Mack is a free agent, right? And in theory, you probably want to bring Khalil Mack back. Does Khalil Mack want to be back? No, probably in the twilight of his career, wants to go to a team that's going to have a better chance at the postseason. So are you losing Khalil Mack no matter what as well? Those are three pretty big losses for your team right there if they end up happening. So that's not even getting into the rest of the roster. What's your outlook look like for the Chargers? Are we kind of crazy for thinking that? Like, no, they're not going to move on from these guys. They're not going to cut these guys. Or What do you think about the Chargers? Uh, what could happen this offseason? So they don't have a choice. They are comfortably in the worst cap situation in the NFL. It's actually a beautiful way to end the show. We're talking about the two teams that come in second to last and last the one I'm about to tell you. So... If the Chargers restructured every contract on their roster, they would still be $24 million over the, the cap. <laughs> um, Jeez. Yeah. The next worst team is Denver. If they did the same thing, a simple restructure of every contract, they'd have $20 million in cap space. So they'd be 
the Chargers are $45 million behind the next worst team in terms of just the amount of space they can create through simple restructures. Now, of course, you can extend guys. You can obviously outright cut players. You can add void years, which is a not a simple restructure, but a more complicated restructure. However, Telesco Masterclass. Telesco Masterclass at Raiders GM, legend. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you, you put it on a tee. Maybe I was nice the whole first hour. Uh, look, I don't look. You, I didn't make you say it. I, yeah, I was going to say it. You don't have to say it. You don't have to say it. Yeah, I'm just saying. Masterclass. I hope, I hope, it, I hope it does well. All, all, all best wishes to the Raiders. Of course. Um, like anyway, what a well. hire! What a hire for Las Vegas. I am sh- I'm still. I can. I can hope he does well, and am still very shocked that he got another job. It's it's perplexing. Immediately, immediately, I should say immediately. Immediately, yeah. And it was like oh, we needed an experienced GM. It's like you know, there are other ones exist. They interviewed one guy who was a, a former GM. Like I don't, I don't know if they knew other ones. Maybe it's because he was in the AFC West. They were like, yeah, that mm-hmm. guy. Like he he's been a GM for a long time. Um. Anyway, see so now now we're, going, now we're just going down a, down to a whole. No, look, I, no, we're good. We're Shout good. out Tommy we're T. Good. Shout out the Raiders. Love you. Go team. Um. So anyway, so. Yeah, they have to make these tough decisions. Mac is not. No one's paying Khalil Mac twenty three point two five million dollars. As incredible as he was this past year, the year prior he was not very good. Um, he's gonna be thirty three, thirty four years old. You mentioned yeah, Bosa. Yeah, there in age. Right. You mentioned Bosa is interesting. Those two guys have seventy five million dollar combined cap hit. Like they were, they were not playing at that level over the some of the last three years. And then Mike Williams, thirty two million dollar cap hit coming off the torn ACL. Like I would say two of those three players are probably not on the Chargers in week one, if I had to guess, right? So mm-hmm. I what they do in free agency, I think they'll try to get like a early down running back because Jim Harbaugh wants to pound the rock. Um, I actually put in a uh, an article. I love this 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 thought I had of them adding uh, J.K. Dobbins because the last time Jim Harbaugh saw J.K. Dobbins in the flesh, he had like 290 yards and four, four touchdowns. Uh, in an Ohio State versus Michigan game, and you know Jim Harbaugh, like that's been sticking, that's been like playing over his head every night as he lays on his pillow for the last five years. That is something that actually is a factor for yeah, yeah, some for of sure. these signings. He's like, yeah, I watched him in person, absolutely cook my ass one yeah, time. And I couldn't so stop him. We yeah. got, <laughs> we got to get this dude yeah. on the team. So yeah. it's uh, it's not that far fetched. It's actually a good shout out there. Yeah. But, and they're like, Jim, yeah. this guy, this guy's from Stanford. He hasn't played in 15 years. It's like, I don't care. We need him. Like, like this guy, this guy cooked me at Cal. It's like, Jim, he's 45 years old. It's like, but don't worry, I'll figure that out. I'll figure that out. But yeah, so I think you're going to get like an early down runner there because obviously Eckler's a pending free agent. And, and, you know, they've said nice things. I don't think Harbaugh wants like that skill set. I think he wants a bruiser, one cut, get up field and just, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, make guys miss or bowl them over. But yeah, they don't have, they don't have the flexibility to do much, much of anything else. Um, I am a believer in Jim Harbaugh. Twenty twenty four, I think, is going to be kind of tough, and then twenty twenty five, I think, right away they'll be they'll be fun. Yeah, I I, I, I like it. I like that. Uh, I like that projection there. There we go. That's uh, those are all the AFC teams. And if you put these last two podcasts together, that's every team in the NFL. Let us know what you thought in the comment section. Is the best way to do it. Um, any of the projections that Brad had, and the ideas that we had in free agency or the draft, and let us know just your strategies overall. We would love to hear from you, no matter what team it is. Shout out what you would like to see your favorite team do in free agency, and then give us a little draft shout out as well. Hey, get this guy, get this position, and then focus on this position in the draft. We'd love to hear from you. This is a community. It's not just a podcast. Um, Best way to do that in the comment section, youtube.com backslash at NFL Stock Exchange. If you are audio only, at Tampa Bay Trey, at PFF underscore Brad on X, formerly known as Twitter. Brad is not on Instagram because he lives a great life, really 
uh, separated from social media. Um, I am an addict. I am chronically online. So I am on Instagram, same handle at Tampa Bay Trey. Um, the next show that we have on this channel will be in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana for the 2024 NFL combine Connor and I will be back with you. We'll have another in-person podcast and we're going to do a lot of like reactionary stuff. You know, in years past, we've done some preview podcasts when it comes to the all-star bowls and like the combine, things like that. We didn't do as much of that this year just because we felt like doing reactions and kind of what the performances and everything meant is going to be more valuable to you guys. And and we're just trying to create the most valuable NFL draft channel that you guys have when it comes to learning things and what it means in the context, how it changes stuff, all that good stuff. Um, Brad, my friend, thank you so much for joining me these last couple episodes, man. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And uh, I'll try to be in the background, like vibing uh, in Indy. Throw in some hot takes. Maybe just just filter some hot takes through. Uh, dude, we should have a full live half hour about Damian Pierce's bench uh, bench press at the combine a couple years uh, we, ago. We could have. We I think I think that was uh, our our social guy Zach Tantillo was like, hey, we need some like social stuff that we're going to put up, whatever. Um, or maybe it was for this channel. I can't remember. And the very first one that I did, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to talk about Damian Pierce's bench press actually. Yeah. So I yeah. talked about that for like thirty to sixty seconds. But it's funny we. Had, Connor and I did our one show that we did at, at Super Bowl Media Week. And a bunch of the comments, I didn't even realize this, a bunch of the comments were just shouting out the people who were walking behind us. I love it. They were I just like, it. oh, this dude's eating a sandwich. Oh, I listened to that person's <laughs> podcast, like all that kinds of stuff. So you need to do that, man. You need to like pull a prank on us and just walk by all the time and be doing something different every time. Okay. Like wear sunglasses one time, put on a giant jacket another time, constantly being be on the phone and like scr- like two you could fo- be like two screaming. Phones it. <laughs> <laughs> two phones it. Oh. You got to troll us. You got to throw in some Easter eggs like Beautiful. that. But I'm uh, I'm very excited to see you in Indianapolis once again. Very excited for the combine. Uh excited to give you guys some great information as we see everything that happens from the drills, the interviews. It is truly my favorite event that happens in the football calendar. And Brad is is not just a genius when it comes to free agency stuff. He's also elite when it comes to hearing things around the league. He's a very likable guy. He's got friends. We get it. Stop <laughs> bragging about it. But we're going to have to have Brad back on the podcast very soon after Indianapolis to uh, round up all the rumors. And, hey, what's this team going to do in the draft? What are we thinking? So we'll definitely get to that as well. I'm Trevor Sikkim, but that is Brad Spielberger. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. We will see you in Indianapolis next week. Bye.